Hmm? Go. Oh. Oh. Doing this now? Do you even know what you're doing here? I don't. Are you lost because you're like in a house? I am. It's like technology. Very uncomfortable being in this house and not in my tent. I know. You're missing it already. You've been home mm, 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Not even 24 hours. And um, a little itchy. The weather looks great. I think you should go back out there. Mm -hmm. Sleep in your tent. I think I got in this house just at the right time. Yeah, you did. Holy cow. It's freaking (laughs) winter outside. Which means it's rifle season. Woohoo! Right? Ooh, nice, nice segue, babe. You like that? Yep. Okay. It is so we are on here, not just to have people hear us talk, which I know they love to, but we'll tell them that we got some new products. Yeah, stealthy product branded line is products. A little bit. And <clears throat> Ryan is a designer master. He's like tried all this stuff out on himself uh, multiple years now. So well, so everyone knows we started with the rifle cover. Yeah, um, it's not called the rifle cover anymore. Oh, that's right. You want to tell we people why even, it's not called the rifle cover? The powers that be don't allow us to say rifle. Yeah. The scope and crown cover um, to carry that thing that goes boom when you're hunting. And the boomstick. I, yeah, that thing has been um, pretty well received by most people. Mm-hmm. And this year we've added a couple of little pieces to our little business and the glass and pad and these kit sacks. So I've been using that glass and pad for a couple of years now. And, uh, for folks that have like watched the the films and stuff that mm-hmm. Brian is creating, see that on there a lot. And that's why we got, that's kind of what prompted to, to make this thing, put it into production is so many people asking about it. So does this have <clears throat> the 14 inches of orange or something you're supposed to have? 400 inches of orange no it doesn't oh. but what it does <laughs> i have no what idea what it does do so the glass and pad for folks that can't see it right now uh two-sided one side is blaze orange hunter orange the other side is ranger green so um you know usually when i'm archery hunting uh i have the ranger green to the outside on the back of my backpack and then rifle hunting, I have the blaze orange to the outside. So you can see it once you take an animal or even before. So it kind of covers up, um, you know, when you put your pack on, it kind of covers up the orange vest that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of adds to the back of your pack so folks can see it from the backside. Um, but it's a nice, you know, closed cell foam, pretty thick. It's an inch thick foam. So, uh, you know, it's great for you know, tossing into the rocks and cactus and, and all that, and just using as a glass and pad. But what I like it for, I'm not going to say more so than just sitting it as a, or using it as a butt pad, but using it as a backrest for my rifle started playing around with that last year. And it's, it's thick enough to where, you know, when I put the, the butt stock of my rifle back there, I got a lot of adjustment up and down and it keeps it really nice and tight. Uh, just a rock solid backrest. So using it for that as well, it's kind of dual purpose. But yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, it says made in the USA on it. It is which made means in the USA. It's made in the USA. It's not out on a container ship in the middle of the ocean waiting <laughs> to get from China. So we can actually get it made here in the United States. It yeah. did take us a lot of time to get the right materials, but now we have them. 
yeah. and we have it made in the United States. So, um, yeah. it's yeah, and they last forever. I've used, I beat the snot out of mine for yeah. the last couple of years, and uh, I mean the orange won't look quite so pretty. Yeah, when you use it a few sure. times, but other than that, okay. Yeah. And then we also, because you know, we don't want this commercial to be twenty minutes long, is the <laughs> kit stealth sack. kit sack, yeah. which is an expandable. What do you call this fabric? It's a four-way stretch material. Four-way stretch. You which can is great. stuff. You've yeah. actually stuffed a stuffy coat, a large stone glacier puffy in here. Mm -hmm. I call it a stuffy coat. A stuffy coat. <laughs> puffy coat. <laughs> and um, so you use yeah. it for you can you know run your medical kit inside there or just kind of like a a possible bag. It's got you know your kill kit could go in there and it's nice. It's stretchy, so you can kind of fill that thing and and it expands. Mm -hmm. um, you know, weather resistant. It's got a a really good zip zipper on it it's got a hang tab on it and i like them yeah they've been great and i don't tear these ones like i there's a lot of stuff sacks out there or not stuff sacks but kind of kit sack mm -hmm. um for just tossing in your backpack to keep them organized and um i don't know if it's just me but i i rip them inevitably something catches on them and I think that stuff that most of them are using is like a ripstop, but it does tear. I get holes in them all the time. Um, and I can't seem to get a hole in this four-way stretch. It's pretty tough. So we have right now, we have Coyote Brown, which is one of our cover colors. Uh, but we also just, we have an order coming with uh, the other three. We will have Ranger so, Green, yep. Wolf Gray, or... And Black. Yep. So Stone it's gray. actually, you told me it's kind of good. Like if you got four of these, each of a different color... You can put different stuff and stuff, and then you know what's in there. You don't have to like be looking in every same pa yeah. packet if you get it. But right now we we have Coyote Brown. You can buy as many as you want if you want a bunch of them. But um, so these two go along with the new Stealthy Optics and Crown cover, Optics cover, um, aka rifle cover, yeah. uh, and pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm super pleased with how like everything's been kind of. Um, taken by everyone I've, i'm getting no bad feedback which is kind of cool you know with the rifle covers or optics covers uh nothing but compliments which is really cool you know you always wonder when you put a product out what guys will love about it or hate about it or if there'll be issues or but honestly we've tested these things so much just mm -hmm. by using them putting hundreds of days on them that uh, we're pretty confident you could use out. this pat you could use this little kit sack you could put your stealthy cbd in there you could put your stealthy <laughs> cbd tincture in there you could put your stealthy uh electrolyte drink in there you could put your stealthy turmeric maybe some krill oil while you're at it maybe put your roll on for your bad knee in there mm. Mm, stealthy nutrition just That's right vitamin you do that pack kit for sure <clears throat> so Yep. To get this stuff, go to stealthyhunter.com under shop. You'll see it all there uh, along. And then if you you know need some uh, good quality supplements to put in your kit sack, you can go to stealthynutrition.com. And soon it's all going to be in one place, folks, because, yeah, that's pretty exciting for us. But stay tuned. Check them out. Thanks, babe. You're so smart. <laughs>
uh, Ryan is cutting up an antelope and he has pretty much been hunting since the beginning of August. And so I am cornering him today to get him to do a podcast, which means I had to drag my computer and all the audio equipment and everything down into the kitchen because he killed another animal. And that means he's going to be in the kitchen for a couple of days and he takes the time to go up in the office and record a podcast. So now he doesn't have an excuse. Here he is. He's got a headphone on and he can still process me. You're always good at multitasking. What? You're always good at the multitasking podcast. Oh, I thought you said you were, I was about to have a really serious laugh there for a second. One, (laughs) One thing at a time. So we, um, yeah, so it's Monday and yesterday it was gorgeous fall day outside. It was like 60 degrees and the leaves were all yellow. And I went to town with the girls. We were doing some shopping in downtown Bozeman, which seems to be all the rage. I think the whole country has been to Bozeman by this point in the year. It's a quite a place to go. It used to be like that, but it is now. And it was beautiful. And all the trees were yellow and falling. And then today we woke up to winter. We have a couple inches of snow outside. It's still snowing right now. And we kind of knew it was coming. Yeah. Yesterday was like the the calm before the storm. It was deathly quiet out there. It was warm, no wind, which is rare. And uh, there was a winter storm warning coming. Although I was just up on the mountain, I got a message from you about this winter storm warning uh, a couple days ago, a few days ago, and I felt like the winter storm hit me way before it hit here because the night you told me the winter storm was coming in a couple days, mm-hmm. I got pounded and I was literally stuck in my tent for way too many hours. <laughs> Um, well, my phone gives me these notifications and it said in. the three counties, one of them, which you were in yeah, and our county, well, actually we live in a different county, but like Bozeman's in Gallatin County, like this whole area was going to get hit with the winter storm. So I thought, well, you might want to get out before Sunday. <laughs> was well, that Friday? I sent you that message. Yeah. So Friday night you got hit with it. And I was, but you were high up because we woke up Saturday and you could see the snow on the mountains. Like. I was already getting weather. It was foggy already and raining. Um, But then sure enough, uh, woke up the snow a few inches and then it just continued to stay foggy. And um, I literally was in that tent, tent, never got out for 30 hours. It was fun. Tons (laughs) of fun. So what did you do? You told me you watched what movie three times? So I had a movie downloaded to my phone the tomorrow war it's got chris pratt in it oh my gosh it's ryan's if you want to get ryan crying tomorrow <laughs> war everybody go watch that movie and you will be crying when you watch that movie because it's such a tearjerker you thought it was a joke but if you're a if you're a father of a daughter or daughters yeah good luck with that one uh-huh sure i when he told me that it was a tearjerker the first time we watched it together. Well, maybe not to you, but I was like, are you kidding me? That was like the most violent movie I've seen in a long time. I don't know. Chris Pratt, he crushed that one. So I watched it three times. 
Um, that's all I had. Listen to yeah. podcast. Little Plus. known fact: Chris Pratt is from the town that we lived in for twenty years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Granite Falls, Washington, or somewhere around Lake there. Lake Stevens, I think. Lake Stevens, and he painted. So our favorite pizza joint, um, Omega. Omega, Alex, if you're listening. Uh, we had Paley's first birthday party there. Chelsea used to wait tables there. Remember when she was just a young and a girlfriend of ours and uh, we loved uh, Omega pizza in Granite Falls. It's pretty much the only thing going on there anyway. So it was back then. And, Still the uh, best pizza on the planet. Yeah. Good. Like Greek pizza. His parents are Greek and Chris Pratt painted the mural back in the TV room. And so there was this huge mural that Chris Pratt long time ago had painted on the mural. Uh, and then there's like a huge elk that Alex had killed. And yeah, how pictures often do you of, see giant bulls yeah. in the pizza place? Yeah, not great in Washington. Nope. I mean, at least not in Western Washington. So uh yeah, just a little side note on that. But Ryan is yeah, watching that tearjerker movie tomorrow <laughs> or check it out. So you just I, I can't believe you still think of it as just like an alien movie so much better than that are you kidding well it is a, the whole preface of it it's really weird and it is sad and actually some days in the world of 2021 i feel like we're heading towards a tomorrow war world it's just you know have you ever i'm sure everybody out there right now is just having days where you're like really like really this is the world we're living in right now uh, I guess tomorrow war is kind of like yeah, it's getting ready. Not far from what could be actual truth, you know, with technology these days. Sure. Um. So yeah, but I was Pretty wondering, like, do you have books on tape? Do you listen to books on tape? I do. So also, What's your recent book. I'm listening to my favorite author, and always has been since McManus? I was Patrick McManus. You're listening to McManus. Oh yeah, yeah. So I downloaded uh. The Night the Bear Ate Goomba and then The Grasshopper Trap because that's what Paley's reading right now. Mm-hmm. Wanted to refamiliarize myself with The Grasshopper Trap. But if, you, if you're a sportsman, I mean, if you're, if you're my age, if you're old, you know who Patrick McManus is. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote <clears throat> all the kind of the last story in Outdoor Life magazines. Um, those are always him. I think it was called The Last Laugh or something like that. And I grew up with McManus and uh, read every single story. I think I've got about eight or nine of his books. And uh, yeah, I remember growing up, my dad, of all people, he doesn't, he's like me, he doesn't read a whole lot, but he loved him some McManus. So even before I was reading, I would see, uh, he'd be sitting on his whatever, lazy boy chair kicking his feet on that thing, just laughing so hard, couldn't stop himself from laughing. It's pretty funny. But yeah, I uh, I love that that guy. He's just... He's I remember a, that box he's of an books. American treasure. So I think when we got married, Ryan, if you don't also know, there's another nice fact about Ryan. He's kind of a hoarder. Um, he likes to keep things like ridiculously... I mean, I keep things from like med school because I'm afraid like if I throw it away, maybe I'll need it because there's something important there. I think this year when we purged, it was kind of like... All right. I don't think I'm ever going to refer to some strange note I took back in 2003, right? Let go of it. But like you had like boxes of stuff from like you were a kid. And I remember McManus books were in there. They're multicolored books. 
You've had them since before we were married. You've had them since we were married. Didn't you give Paley some of them? I did. Yeah. yeah so you gave know. her some of those books. She's listening to them on tape, though, because I, I have she's a book so, app. First, she was reading it. Now, I know. I don't. I couldn't believe they even had McManus on there. I was shocked. She yeah. found it. So she's been reading them. She she's, listens to them in the morning. Yeah, she listens to them when she wakes up. She's getting ready for school. Yeah. Listening to some Grasshopper Trap. Yeah. What other books are you listening to? That's it. McManus is good enough. I listened to, so during that stay, it was a lot of, well, the other thing that McManus did in his later years was he wrote some like murder mystery novels, like, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of them, like the Tamarack Murders and, you know, those oh, kind of. Like serious they're, novels? No, they're not serious at all. Oh, they're not serious. He can't oh. do anything serious. It's oh. all funny. I was um, like, no, that's what I'd like to read. I like those kind of books. Yeah, it's just like a mystery murder type thing, but in McManus's tone and spin. So, yeah, listen to some of those. Um, the last one I listened to was, yeah, I think it was the Tamarack murder, Murders or Huckleberry Murders or something like that. So a lot of McManus uh, listened to some podcasts, um, I'm not really doing too many hunting podcasts right now. Uh, listening to Tim Pool quite a bit on that trip. <laughs> Some Tim Pool. And, Did uh, you tell me you listened to a Jocko book or something? Yeah. On your elk hunt? Yeah, listened to Jocko's. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in the tent this year. I think I've listened to, um, what's the name of Jocko's? Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. I listened to that three times this year just because I've been in the mountains a lot and there's downtime um but yeah it was him and Leif Babin oh, I loved it it was pretty good never did read the book um so I listened to it yeah between McManus and that and I wanted I finally listened to uh the campfire stories from Meat Eater oh from Ranella yeah kind of doing that mm -hmm. some pretty good stories in there well, I think so, we, we need to get some of your stories down, right? Mm. Yeah. Ryan's got so many stories. Like it's beyond ridiculous how many stories you have. So we, um, if you don't already know, we're part of locals, even though we really don't do anything on there yet. It's mainly called the gritty stealthy channel. We're about to yeah. It's pretty much gritty doing most of the stuff now, but we're going to start adding stuff on there just for our members yeah. and I have a great idea about story time with Ryan because he's got lots of stories. Nobody, I haven't even heard like hundreds of them probably. Right. So I got a few from just this year already. It's been a yeah. busy start to the season. Yeah. It's so, not the start of the season anymore, but yeah, I think we'll start sharing more of your stories this year because we've had a lot of people approach us about that. And I think they're kind of right. You know, it's like, you want to share those things. I feel like the generations today, there's a lot of forgetting going on, you know, about the past. Mm -hmm. And I, I also think that there's it's not a lot of that. Well, I think it takes like, yeah, I probably tell my stories better if I was more of a creative, like animated, good storyteller. There's some guys that crush the storytelling. Um, well, should we hire somebody to tell your story? Oh, I just don't have, I'm not emotional enough to really throw down a, a great, true. interesting story. 
um, but I'm tell the sure story, but if somebody is, else did. Anybody's going to want to listen to it. I mean, be I don't think that matters. You know, uh, yeah, we could, but we could definitely stories. find somebody that we could put like a mask on them and say they're Ryan and they could tell the story. I don't know. We found a guy, Paley and I were at Costco yesterday and there was a man crossing the roundabout and he was talking to himself and throwing stuff into the middle of the roundabout and he mm. kind of looked like you. I Paley bet he did say is, she saw my doppelganger yesterday. Yeah. That's what she was talking about. Yeah. Cause we so. were like, what's dad doing in the middle of the road, yelling <laughs> at cars and throwing stuff in the roundabout. It's funny. Cause we were in uh, three forks uh, a week ago Yeah, and took, all the girls to the little parade and it's the it's probably the first homeless guy i've seen in three forks but he had nestled his way through a tent up between the buildings in this little alley yeah he came walking right out to us um said some stuff and uh yeah again paley said hey dad there's you <laughs> it's it's actually quite alarming when i see people i there was one guy sitting off the on-ramp one day he had a sign like he was hitchhiking and like i need to get here and he literally had like your stained hat on your hair your beard he had shorts on and he had like a t-shirt and i was like oh my gosh that could be you like after a good hunt trip when you come home that guy looks exactly like you look. Like he actually looked cleaner. I think he looked cleaner than you look after a hunting trip. So, well, but um, I'm pretty ragged at this point. We could probably hire one of those guys. They need money. They're signed say it. We could just grab one, have them recite some stories for us. <laughs> mm. And they, that would be good. <laughs> I don't know how we got on this topic, but we have lots of stories. So yeah, I think we need to do more on locals. Partly because we want to talk to people that kind of want to hear us talk. I mean, the podcast is fun and we're obviously going to still do the podcast, but um, we just talk about, you know, add more things to that. And then you can come to a community too, and you can be part of the conversation. You know, Gritty yeah. does some Q and A's right now, live. He gets on there and does live stuff. And I think you and I probably should be doing more of that, or at least you should. Yeah. I mean, um, it's so far, um, you know, we haven't done much on locals, but like I said, we're going to, and, uh, I've been impressed with the community that's that's yeah. there. It feels like, um, you know, it's I guess it's kind of another social thing, but it's minus the garbage of a lot of the um, social stuff that I hate and we hate. Um, and uh, there's just respect, <laughs> at least on our little mm -hmm. platform. There's mm -hmm. not the bickering and, you know, people become a part of it not to you know, throw shade on everyone else and belittle and poke fun and find any little thing to, to just, um, talk bad about. So yeah, it's been a great group, good community so far. And so it's, it's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Uh, it's definitely um, not the other social channels that well, I think right now, just, I mean, even like I said on my last podcast that I did, which by the way, I get tons of feedback from that podcast, people being super supportive and understanding kind of what, you know, I think, I think everybody's feeling that like weird, strange heaviness in the air that's going on. I mean, maybe you're not, if you a hundred percent agree with what's going down in the world and that's not your issue, you know, um, I 
feel like how how anybody could almost just walk around thinking what's going on in the world right now is like okay but that's just my personal opinion um i sure hope they don't yeah but i have to say that fear like i talked about in the last podcast is so big right now and people are just afraid to say anything and people that i've been following on instagram or been friends with on insta they're like either shadow banned and I can't find their page or they've gotten off. And it's probably because they were either kicked off or, you know, whatever, because they were not going along with the narrative, you know, and that sucks because there's, you know, we created kind of a large community of friends on <laughs> social media. So this goes to show you, like, if you're friends with people on social media, through social media, and you actually like each other or something, like you should probably get each other's phone number or emails because you know, like I told you, <clears throat> one of the gals that I'm friends with, I can't find her because she lives she in Canada. Kind of She's pretty outspoken on certain things. Pretty so. outspoken. And I just heard yesterday that Trudeau, uh, you know, he's mandating if you're going to fly or get, a, get on a plane or get on a train, um, you have to have a vaccine in Canada. So Canadians are not even going to be able to get on a train or travel yeah. on a plane. And what's even more ludicrous to me, I don't know, people voted this guy in. <laughs> like, I'm all for personal freedoms. And hey, like, and if you believe vaccine is the way, like 100% the way, great. But here's the deal. The vaccine does not stop spread and it does not stop COVID. Nope. Yes, it can stop serious, I think, from what some of the research is showing as far as people that are ending up in the hospital. Now, the reports, I have not looked deep into the research, but, you know, like Pfizer, you need two shots, right? So when they say unvaccinated people are in the hospital dying or being the sickest, that could mean somebody who's only had one shot, right? It doesn't, it doesn't totally narrow down like just unvaccinated people who haven't had any shots. Um, and we do know people can still get sick with the shot. And we've heard of, I've, I've seen it at work and, yeah. you know, we've heard of dozen cases. So the point is it just get that, get the darn vax if you're, if you want to protect yourself and if you, if, if you don't, don't, and um, it shouldn't be required to, have to get that procedure that medical procedure done um to keep your job or any other reason but um and it, here's here's another opinion i have yeah i mean speaking about books right i just finished this great book called the nightingale and it's of course a novel because <laughs> i like novels i mean i do a ton of self-help books but i like novels because they kind of take you out of reality and um the nightingale is about the women of World War II that helped to save Jewish children. The Nightingale was a woman who hiked men over the Pyrenees, airmen that, you know, were uh, shot down in France and had to get out of France in order to get back to America or get back to the to Britain or whatever. And she hiked, I don't know how many trips she did over the Pyrenees in a number of years. And these are like people, you, you know, you never really hear about all the common regular people that were doing incredible things to save as many people as they could under the tyrannical um, Nazi regime, like horrible, tyrannical things you can't even fathom, right? I'm reading this book and it's, it's like 
they talk about in the beginning in France when the Germans uh, occupied France. It's like 1939 or something. And there were certain parts of France that they occupied. So there were still free zones and then there were occupied parts. And they just started kind of insidiously doing things like asking the Jews to register and then telling people, you need to give us lists of all the people you know that are Jewish or are, I don't know, like everything, you know, gay, like whatever. They, they wanted these lists, you know, and, and they started, you know, scaring people, making them think like, oh, am I going to end up on the list, you know? So neighbors were turning each other in. It's like, oh, yeah, my neighbor's a Jew. Put his name on the list. And it just kind of slowly started that way. And then over a couple of years, it turned into, you know, putting propaganda billboards everywhere about how the Jews were going to eat your children and were evil people. And, you know, um, and these are just like normal people that live in France that have lived next door to like their neighbor for their whole life, right? These people pretty much lived in the same house that their parents had in the same village, you know, next to the same families that were all, you know, Jewish or Christian or whatever. And now the neighbors are afraid for their neighbors, but they're also being, they're afraid to not tell the Nazis who the Jews are, right? Because then they'll get killed or their families will get killed or they'll, and these people are just slowly getting starved over years while the Nazis are eating all the food and drinking all the wine and taking people's homes. And then they just insidiously over two to three years, they start implementing the yellow star. Oh, now we need to, you know, know who the Jews are. So you got to wear a yellow star. And that was the beginning at the end. But it didn't start with the yellow star. You know, it started with this idea that, well, we just need to know who the Jews are. We just need to know who the political dissident, what are they called? Dissidents? Dissidents. Dissidents. <laughs> like, not just Jews. There were a lot of people killed in the concentration camps that were not Jewish, you know, um, for all different kinds of reasons. Americans. There were Americans who died in the concentration camps, you know, that were captured. Um, What's sad today, though, is... You know, so many people, especially the younger group, they just have, it's the same argument with a lot of things that are going on is that could never happen here. Right? That, mm -hmm. that could never happen. That could That's never what happen. these people said. We're seeing it happen. Yeah. You can't say that it's not happening. It's happening. And you know, what's it's even crazier about yet, that time is that in the night, in the, you know, 1918 or whatever, there was the first world war, which they actually called the great war, which was in Europe. It was a massive war killed millions of people. And so a lot of people that were living during the time of the thirties and the Nazis, you know, started coming in and taking over. They were still afraid because they remember the great war, right? They remember war. They remember their father going to war and never coming back the same person. You know, Europe was still scarred by that. And even still people gave up their freedoms, right? just even 20 years out of a massive world war, they still were so afraid and so fear, they still gave up their freedoms. How long has it been since America's seen a, a war? World War II, you know, massive war. Vietnam, but that wasn't here. Korea, that wasn't here. World War II, that wasn't here. Well, we're, Except uh, for Pearl Harbor. Yeah. You know? And we've been in a war for a while. But yeah, we've been in terrorist wars and all this, and we have been in a war for 20 years with the un 
foreseen terrorists that we now just handed back to them. But like, I feel like people, when I read that book, it was like, it's just hard not to look at how history repeats itself. And when people say pandemics go 100 years, right? This is a 100 year pandemic. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Like empires fall and things change and history repeats itself. Yeah. So whatever your belief is about health-wise, what your choice is for health, don't forget the big picture here. <laughs> and the big picture is slowly starting to look like tyrannical control, especially when I'm listening to the prime minister of Canada tell his people, if you do not vaccinate yourself, you are not a free people. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I was like, wow. And the people voted him in <laughs> for the safety. Yeah. Oh, anyways. So that's a book I read recently, The Nightingale. Well, this I think podcast it's a just took a turn. I didn't no, know what we were going to talk about on it. You didn't. It and I, I swore we'd never here, talk but... about politics or religion. But this isn't just politics. <laughs> no, it's this is happening like, in the world today. This is... You kind of have to talk about it at a certain point or you're becoming part of the problem, right? Well, I want to know, I want to hear from people that have a different view on this and why you have that different view. If you don't think that mandates, I see you think mandates are right. And if you think that all this that's going on, just like systemically starting to slowly happen, if you think Trudeau is right to ban people, you know, if you think Australia is right, you know, because five people died in Australia. And so they're putting people into like quarantine camps i want to know why i don't want to judge you i want to know why you think that's right um and i think the i think vaccine aside i think a lot of the argument is right right. now and there's a lot of people that are still in the dark i don't know where they're getting their news but they have this feeling like if you don't get the vaccine that you're harming other people when i mean let's be honest every everybody kind of knows the facts are if you, you can get vaccinated and you can transmit it just as easily as somebody that's unvaccinated, you can give it to somebody else. So let's be clear. If you get vaccinated, you're protecting yourself, but you're not saving other people by getting vaccinated. Right? Well, we're, I mean, the minority of people who aren't vaccinated, it's always the truth. People that aren't vaccinated is going to be the minority. That's just the medical truth, right? Like right now in the United States, I think it's what over 50, 50 some percent of people are fully vaccinated in other countries like Israel, UK, it's over 80%, not close to 90% of the population is vaccinated. So it's not that it's, it's that we do know as people who aren't getting vaccinated are tend to going to be the minority anyways, Mm -hmm. but well, and let's not discount the reason why some people aren't getting vaccinated either. Um, right. You know, I'll flat out say it. I'm not vaccinated. I have a good reason not to be vaccinated, multiple reasons. But one of them is I have a family member who was like a victim of getting a vaccine, um, changed her world forever. And she's half, she has to live with that nightmare for the rest of her life. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, maybe it wasn't the vaccine. Maybe it wasn't this. So the day, the night of her getting vaccinated, this is a different vaccine. Um, that's when it all started. Yeah. And she developed this autoimmune disease. And it was, like I said, 
life-changing. Um, and you know, it's life-changing yep. when her ex-husband, so her husband and her are divorced, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Her ex-husband who has a very good job now, right? In Washington, he is going to get fired yep. because he mm -hmm. refuses to get the vaccine because he watched his ex-wife go through this years of tormentuous health issues. And he is willing yeah, to lose, it all. lose his job, lose his income, because he doesn't want to have anybody close to him possibly go through that. Now, you could say on the flip, well, he could get COVID and die. Yeah, but or that's his choice. somebody around him could get COVID and die. That's very like, you know, I don't know, that's not getting vaccinated. And yes, that's true. But the percent death of somebody dying from COVID is really, really low. Just like the percent of you being disabled from a vaccine. It's really, really low. But boy, if you're that one percent, it sure sucks for you, doesn't it? It sucked for my family. Member. So the repercussion of her injury re kind of it, you know, it went out in a wave. Just like if somebody's if, if your family member died of COVID, if your if your spouse died of COVID, you're probably gonna be so excited to get the vaccine, right? Like you yeah. saw somebody suffer and die from COVID. Um, that's what I, you know, I see a lot of that at work. I see people that have had family members who got really sick from COVID and they don't want to go through that. They don't want to end up in the ICU. They don't want to. So that's, that is a hundred percent like understandable. And I'm a hundred percent encouraging of that. It's when they start doing this thing, like you people can't get on a plane. You people can't get on a train. Even if you, you have people can't immunity. go into a store. You people can't eat at a restaurant. Well, that's where it's, I mean, there's so many things to this argument, like the whole natural immunity, you know, that hashtag that they've banned using, uh, allowing people to use. Why is that off the table? Why does that not allow you to do these things? If you've already had it and basically you're able to fight this off better than even a vaccinated person. Why is that off the table? There's all these little things that just it's inevitably going to make people a little suspect, a little angry when um, someone who's been already gone through it, and they're telling them that they have to, that in order to keep their job, get vaccinated. I don't get it. Well, I think we're, I think the heaviness that we feel right now is people are making decisions based on forced, forced, a forced agenda. So a lot of people are going to do it. They don't have a choice, right? Like they need a job. They got kids. Maybe they're a single mom. You know, they don't have anybody else to help them. Like, you know, and that, or it's a great way to get people on the government dole. It's really the only way I reason I can think besides, you know, trying to save lives, quote unquote, that they would be forcing something like this on people, knowing that a large percentage of people aren't going to do it. But like in our brother-in-law's case, he is not going to get unemployment, right? Because nope. if he if he doesn't get it and the union has to fire him, there's a stipulation for the people that won't get vaccinated. Yeah. And so, oh, wow. So now you're, again, taking benefits. This guy's worked a good job, paid a lot of taxes. He's play, paid into his unemployment, probably tens of thousands. Oh, wait, you don't get it because you are those people. You uh, see how this is happening? It's like, know it's like just register your name. Oh, just, you know, that. turn your neighbors in. Oh, just wear a yellow star. Oh, now get here and get in a cattle car. Like it, it literally, if you don't see this progression of authoritarian 
dominion that's happening. <laughs> it's like maybe, you know, maybe this is how it's supposed to happen again, you know? And I've had people say to me, this is going to be World War III, right? Well, what does that mean? What does a war mean in today's world? <sighs> it's not like it used to be. You can't fight a war. There's no discerning enemy. Now the enemy is your own government, right? Yeah. And luckily we don't really put any of this on YouTube. So I can't get banned from YouTube because <laughs> actually this conversation we're having right now would go against YouTube's oh, for sure. um, community policy. And we get our, we don't get our, we don't get, we don't get monetized day. anyway. So we would get demonetized. We'd get shadow banned. We'd probably get kicked off for a week and nobody would be able to get onto our channel just for bringing this up. <laughs> so if you think that's okay, that YouTube can do all that, Hmm. I wonder who's really in control here, right? You sound like conspiracy theorists right now, but it's all true. It's, it's like not conspiracy all... theory. It's like it's not because it's history. Everything that this is what's happening. Well, what I find funny is, and just look back on this last year, how many people said, "Oh, that'll never happen." Oh, they can never mandate a vaccine. Even Biden and Saki and all these guys that they're themselves have said, said we. It. we federal government that's not their job they don't even have the authority to do that and then what a month later here we go we got these vaccine mandates it's happening it's happening whereas i remember talking to folks way back pre-election saying you know the threat of these vaccine mandates and mask mandates and all this stuff and they're still oh, that's that never happened those same people you can have a conversation with today and they blow that off like they never said it and they don't admit that that's what now they have a whole nother excuse why it's acceptable and it should be done blows me away it's um it's a weird time well, things are happening very rapidly now it's like oh, yeah. you know maybe it's like happening within weeks months like things start changing yeah it just it just becomes you know I don't know for the majority of people who've done, you know, done what they wanted and they got, they did what they needed to do. You know, life's probably just going on as normal. They probably don't even notice it, you know, you know, what's they great can, though. They we live, do whatever they want. We live in a great state and we don't we live do. in the state that we used to live in. Yeah. Those poor people. I don't gosh. even know how people live in California. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know or how Washington. you people do it there. I have patients. Mm -hmm. I have friends. We have friends that we are literally like living in California and it is, insane in california and washington washington's just yeah. as bad i mean washington is as is worse than california um you know as bad as california yeah but you know what let me tell you babe talking about politics Sucks. nobody's safe from the big pharma lobbyists and i don't trust politicians no matter where you live as far as you can throw them because all it takes is big pharma to walk in here and flash a bunch of money in front of these politicians and and blah 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 and get whatever they want. That's how it works. That's that's why big pharma has some of the biggest lobby. They have the biggest lobbying, you know, organization in the country. Yeah. So wherever you live right now, you know, They're whether massive. it's Florida or Texas or Montana or wherever you, you think you live in a free state, don't put anything past your politicians, even the ones you think are awesome. Cause you know, I don't know. That's my, I hate politics. So that's my, like, that's my feel <laughs> on politicians, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, would Trump have done anything differently? I don't know if he would have, 
because well we wouldn't have mandates i don't know you think oh, i know no i mean way. i think that not a chance i think you can't again put it past anybody you know when it comes to all this because you know pfizer you, you know how much the governments pay for these shots right like how much they pay per person so you go get a free shot it's not free people it's not like you walk in there and you get that free shot and you're never going to pay for it oh you're going to pay for it and the government's paying for it and they need to get those in people's bodies because they cost a lot of money to the government and they only last for so long because those shots have to be stored very specifically you know so it's a money game too right it's like it's like us. We have a business. We have cost of goods. We pay a bunch of cost of goods while we're going to let it sit and rot in the basement and just like not do anything. Like we got we to gotta sell it, right? Mm-hmm. The thing with Pfizer is they already sold it. And the government, there's no take backs. You can't take back those vaccines. The, you know, the government can't go to Pfizer and be like, well, only 40% of the people want the vaccine. Here, give us a refund. Yeah, Pfizer's sitting back with their big old stogie laughing their ass off, you know, at that person, that government going, sorry, you know, it's, it's money. So I don't put anything past these pharmaceutical companies. They're the biggest, the biggest cartel that we know of. Oh, by far next to the government. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. And here's the funny thing is like, I feel like now, like, People are really starting to get that whole, I, I, cause remember, you know me, I've hated politics our whole marriage. When will I ever I talk politics with you? I used to be the one that would try Never. to talk politics with you. Never. And yeah. I'd be like, down. you don't know what you're talking about. And you'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, that was it. That was like our political conversation for like 20 years. Yeah. Well, the last two years, I've just been watching and just watching how people are acting and watching like everybody else, what's going on. Paying attention. And now look how you think. Well, now I look at it because I like history. I had to throw that in And I like, I mean. She doesn't disagree with me anymore. The perfect. Like it used to. The perfect speech is that one we listened to from Russell Means about welcome to the reservation. Yeah. Exactly what they did to the Native American. Actually, today is National Indigenous Peoples Day. So happy National Indigenous Peoples Day to all you Indigenous people out there, at least in the United States. It's exactly what the U.S. government did to the Native American populations. They systemically removed them from their land, forced them to eat the food they wanted, took away their hunting, took away their way to provide for themselves, right? Sent all their kids to boarding school, chopped their hair off, forbid them from speaking their language and put them on reservations. So that's what they did. And that's how they systemically took all their land and everything that we have today as the United States. Okay. But did you know the constitution was actually based on the Iroquois nation, right? Because the, the founding fathers of this country saw the way that the Iroquois nation had a constitution that provided for their people. And they said, that is a perfect document why don't we make a more perfect document and i mean whatever you can call these people slave traders and like all the things you get thrown out when you talk about the founding fathers right but like the what they were basing themselves on was actually native like law 
And that's what we base this on. But systemically, the government started doing what they did to the native people because they wanted their land and their resources. That's just how it was. Okay. So this happens now, but think of it now, the big banks, the big corporations. Now look at tech. What are we living on now? Right now they're going to slowly, nobody wants to work. How many, how many yesterday we were at target and it said hiring 19 to $21 an hour. I think the minimum wage right now in Montana is $8 and 75 cents. Okay. Paley said to me, Whoa, mom, I could get $21 an hour for working at Target. And I was like, yeah, nobody's working. Nobody wants to work. There is literally for hire signs everywhere. Yep. In Bozeman, which is booming right now. Bozeman is like, the traffic's crazy. People are moving here. People are trying to get out of these crazy states. And in a booming town, there's for hire signs everywhere, right? And what does that say? People are getting money. They send us money for our kids that we don't even ask for, right? Yeah. It's a crazy thing. Like, so, so what's happening? Not only that, the schools, like we feel really fortunate to be in the school district we're in. We have an amazing, you know, at least from what I can understand, you know, small school, small school district, mm -hmm. um, great teachers. A level-headed place and if that changes then we homeschool but like that easy um this is what easy, happened but... to the indigenous people indoctrinate their children don't teach them their old ways take away their food supply and i've talked about this a, a million times i talked about it a ton at the summits this summer you think taking people's guns away is only about stopping them from killing people you take people's guns away, it's about removing their ability to get food for their family. Just like if you take seeds away from them, right? That's how Stalin starved his people. He took all the crops, he stole the seeds, he did everything. He made the farmers turn all their food over to him and he took it away and fed it to the people in the cities and he starved the farmers. Like if you, if you take people's second amendment rights away, you take the possibility of them getting their own food away, right? It's not just about taking weapons away from people that are killing each other. And we know that to be true because look at the places where most people die from weapons. Yeah. These are in places where they supposedly have really strict gun control. Fortunately, the tides have shifted, I feel like, when it comes to gun control. There's so many new millennials and whatever, gen whatevers, that are on board with guns mm -hmm. since a lot of this has happened mm -hmm. that... You know, I'm not really worried about that like I was not that long ago. But when you look at the numbers of how many young people now see the importance of having protection, mm -hmm. um, just some of the things that we've seen lately, um, good luck. Good luck on the gun control. I think, I think we got the numbers. I think people have seen that's not, not going to happen. Yeah. But we got to keep fighting it. Obviously, there's no, you never sit back and think it's not going to happen. But well, um, that's, you know, that's my, what my, they did too to the natives. They took their yeah. weapons away. They took my all that gut away. says so. that we're sitting in a much better place than we were even 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, as far as um, folks being on board with it. Yeah. But I just see it like now it's like, you know, it's, it is, it's like, it's like Russell Means said, you know, welcome to the reservation. <laughs> yeah. We all, the Americans live in one big reservation now. And 
because people want to consume and they want to have what they want to have. And you know what even ticks me off the most? Like you go on social media and you get, you go down these rabbit holes. Sometimes, you know, your Instagram will show you like, oh, here's what you want to look at. Right. And if you like, I don't know, one time I was looking at bathing suits this summer and then it was like my whole feed was nothing but chicks in bathing suits and buy a bathing suit and buy this outfit. You know, one day I wanted to buy new sheets and it was like nothing but bedding and sheets. It's like, and I told you yesterday, I said to Paley, maybe we should get a hot tub. We're driving down the street, driving down the street. My phone is like playing, we're playing music. We're talking. Maybe we should get a hot tub. Last night, I went to look up a recipe for carrot cake. And what pops up on my Instagram? You should get a hot tub. It was like a sale for a hot tub. And I was like, okay, first of all, everything's listening to you. Everything's being strategically targeted at you. Me and Phelps were riding in a side-by-side not that long ago. And I'd never even been in a side-by-side. And we're talking about it. And I was asking all kinds of questions. And when I did get service, I didn't even have service. Um. All of a sudden, I'm getting all these Can-Am and Polaris things coming up side-by-side advertising, and I never punched anything into my phone, nothing. It happens all the time. I mean, people yeah, who think I mean, that they're, that's not happening, it's they're not listening, pull your head out. <laughs> yeah, no, AI is listening, and it knows, and it's like, but but we just consume, and you know, I'm as guilty as anybody. You know, I took the girls shopping yesterday. Paley has a school dance this weekend. So we got a little, you know, outfit. And, but I think like people just, they get wrapped up. So anyways, I get on my phone and somehow I get on like JLo and Ben Affleck. Like this is the big thing in the world right now. I guess JLo and Ben Affleck are back together. Like anybody gives a, a woohoo, but it's all of a sudden, I saw one post on it and I I looked at it. And the next thing I know, every post that's not something to do with us is like a a JLo and and Ben Affleck post. And I'm thinking to myself, this, these people that are so wealthy, like beyond wealthy um, celebrities, it's like JLo in Venice at the whatever film festival. And she's doing Gucci ads and she's doing, and she's at the fat, and I'm watching this and I'm looking like these really wealthy people, they have made so much money off of this. Their life is going on just like normal. They, you know, maybe they can't tour, they can't fill stadiums because they have to have COVID restrictions. And, you know, but now, you know, their life hasn't changed and they're making millions, billions of dollars off of this. And people are watching this on Instagram. And this is, this is what you think your life is supposed to be like. They don't care about you they don't care about little people. They're making so much money yet. Our society is so consumed with this senseless nonsense. I would like, like, I would like to think JLo and Ben Affleck are together. And I would like like, to think our audience is like me and has not a care in the world about JLo. But our audience is the minority (laughs) of like the world. They're back together, you know, and it's like pays attention to those characters. And we all get, so, I mean, as a woman, I will say this, not you. I doubt you're watching JLo and Ben Affleck things on Instagram. But, you know, women, there's these studies. I listened to this podcast about a, a guy that was on there talking about how social media is basically targeted at young women. And young women have the hardest time with social media. And they have the most depression. And they have the most issues related to social media because of the pressures, right? Yeah. So you see this like JLo and she's, 
airbrushed and perfect. And she's 51. She's 50 years old, for God's sake. These 15-year-old girls are looking at Jayla, which is great. I would love 15-year-old girls look at me like, wow, look at her. She looks awesome. But like, it's so fake. And they're getting depressed over this. And they're looking like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend like Ben Affleck. You know what I mean? It's like, this is what young girls, and we have young girls. So this is now as a mother, like a, a grown woman of two girls and one girl who is in that age, right? It's like, this is what young girls are looking at. And it's still the same. Like when we were kids, we got magazines, right? Cosmopolitan telling you you're too fat or you're too skinny or you eat the wrong food or I don't know, your, your boyfriend's a cheater and what, he, what does he want? And like all this crap you used to look at. It's the same thing, but now it's like in your face 24 seven. If I looked at Cosmo, I remember my mom had a hair salon and she would get all the magazines at the hair salon. And if I wanted to read Cosmo, my mom would get a Cosmo every month at the hair salon and you have to go sit in there, look through the Cosmo. And then that was kind of like it. And if you were really into it, you might cut out some pictures and hang them on your wall, right? Like your favorite supermodel. I mean, who didn't have like Cindy Crawford and Naomi Campbell and all these like great supermodels, like, you know, I had Michael Jackson on my wall. I mean, like, you know, you'd cut things out of magazines. You probably had like deer, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, I had quite a few bucks and what, what's really uh, nice bowls on my uh, You know, Shockey. I don't Jim know, maybe Shockey. you had Jim Shockey hanging on your wall. Like, I mean, you know, when we were kids, you had that, but now it's like nonstop, nonstop, in your face, in your face, in your face about how horrible your life is and how these rich people have the great life and you want to be like them, you know? It's like, I just look at that stuff now and I just think like, this is why people are just literally putting their hands out and saying, cuff me, baby, like, give it to me. <laughs> Tell me what to do. Because like nobody, you get sucked into this, your brain, your dopamine gets so screwed up, right? Yeah. And you live with women now, you know how women are. I, I mean, God knows crying over things. You don't even know what they're crying. I don't even know what they're crying over half the time, but sometimes I'm crying over things. I don't even know why I'm crying over it, you know, but it's like for young girls, this is really detrimental. And I think that's why social media for us lately, we talk about this, like, you know, we want to keep a healthy place, a healthy, but it becomes a rabbit hole of negativity and just like, I think keeping your kids off social media is a must. Yeah. I mean, it's what we know right now. It's, yeah. it's a world that we don't, I don't want my kids involved in. Um, but you have to age. be really due diligent, you know, oh, even yeah. with the good kid we have, she just got a first phone, no social media. No. She needed a phone number and she needed to be able to text me. So she is totally on board. No social media. She was just happy to get a phone. Yeah, she doesn't like social media. Yeah. It's, She's pretty cool. And she's, she's good, but that's not going to last forever, you know? Yeah. And we still go through the, you know, Paley's interesting. She's way more, she's had a rough time at school. She's had a rough time with little girls. Oh, little girls are just mean. Any parents of girls out there, like the torture little girls go through just to have friends. You girls have always not been. Not even a boyfriend. Like just to have you your friends You girls have always been like mean you. to each other though and caddy. Ugh. Always, right? Oh, I, I mean, Paley's in seventh grade. That was seventh grade literally was the worst year of my life because my parents split up. So my dad left to go to this seminary. This is a really great story. So my parents were married. My dad decided to go to the seminary in Missouri. My mom 
we couldn't afford to go. So my mom had a business. So we stayed in Bozeman and my mom worked. My dad went to Missouri. So my dad wasn't around. We moved into a cabin because we didn't have any money. So we moved into a cabin on the Yellowstone River outside of Livingston with no running water. I'm sure I've told this story in a podcast before. And you carried buckets from the river. Buckets. Uphill both so ways too, right? We filled them up at my mom's hair salon in Bozeman, five gallon buckets in her hair salon. And then we drove up a mountain, literally. Well, to me at that time at 12, it was like a mountain. And we hauled buckets in and we heated it up on the stove to take a bath in a bathtub. And I had to share bath water with my brother. Shout out to my brother, whose birthday is today, um, Zach. And we lived in that little, and my mom, oh my gosh. And a shout out to my dad for, I don't know what the heck he was doing. I mean, it was just a weird time. You know, my parents were young. They got married young, had kids young. So now it's like, I don't blame them. But, and then I had to go to the Bozeman. I lived in Belgrade before I went to elementary school in Belgrade. We moved to Bozeman. I had to go to Bozeman. And I had one girlfriend who moved from Belgrade to Bozeman at the same time. Bozeman was ruthless. These girls were mean and they saw me and they decided to just make my life a living hell. Basically every single day I would go to school. I got, I got called words. I didn't even know what they meant. And I'm pretty sure the girls who were calling me those words didn't know what they meant either. If they did, there's some serious parenting issues going on. (laughs) So like, I hated school. I was traumatized. And my one friend, Jody, we were friends that year. And I remember crying myself to sleep. I remember not wanting to go to school. I remember like, you know, our kids are so privileged now. My kids, I think I make up for the fact that, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money and we never went without food. You know, my mom worked. My mother is the reason I have such a good work ethic. I mean, my mom's at work in school and she works hard and she's in her 60s. She still works hard. But like, <laughs> we didn't have money. Like I got like $100 a year for school shopping and that was it. I could get one outfit, you know? And now it's like, if we go somewhere, Paley like just expects me to buy her like a hundred dollar pair of jeans everywhere we go. You know, it's just a different era. And I probably play into that a little bit, but you know, it was like, it was brutal. So when I see Paley come home and she tells me these stories of the girls at school or they don't like her, or there's bullying or like, whatever, you know, you think it's junior high. We all went through this, you know, but I don't see this happening to the boys. Like I never... I don't remember boys yeah, we're, being we're just like this. Mean to each other, but in a different way. You girls like, man, you're sneaky. Call each other names behind your back, and oh, a whole different set of emotions with you girls. It seems like. So very, I had a very very catty. Yep. So here's this is the downfall probably of having a physician as your mother. You know, Paley's telling me the whole story, and I'm saying, well, honey, it probably just comes down to either a boy or jealousy. Haley's like, you know, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, typically girls instinctually were just jealous of each other, especially, you know, we have to set our boundary and there's usually always a boy involved somewhere in is a boy. And it's very innocent at this age, like, you know, but you could even just talk to a boy in the hallway And a girl who likes that boy saw you talking to that boy. That's it. You're done. You are getting name called for like the next six months, you know? 
And I was trying to explain to Paley, well, why? She says to me one day, I just wish I was a boy. Boys don't do this. They just like, they don't fight like this. They don't call each other names. And I said, well, this is just instinctually though, how we're built, right? We call each other names. It's just different. Well, it's like you guys go wrestle it out, right? Mm -hmm. You like beat each other up. You punch each other in the face. You get on with it, right? Girls do this like slow, steady, just destruction of your emotional nature until you are completely a ball of nothing crying in your bedroom and nobody likes you. And then it's like you won, you know, the girl won. And getting punched in the face sucks, but it sure sounds faster than Mm. the slow demise into depression, you know, from how imperfect everyone else calls you. And that's what it is. And I just told her, I said, listen, it's just instinctual. We want to say that men and women are exactly the same, but they're not. We are, we just instinctually within us as women, we have this weird innate thing that we compete with other women um, to somehow possibly get a man. I mean, I don't think any evolutionary biologist would probably disagree with me, right? And no matter how modern the world is and how modern life is and how much you try to tell her, don't worry about it. It's junior high. You're going to grow up someday and none of those people are going to matter. And you're going to find a, you know, you're going to have great friends. Like, what do we tell her every time? Honey, you just need one good friend. Oh, you don't need to have a bunch of friends. Well, that works for you. So one good friend works for Ryan. Actually, Ryan probably doesn't even need one good friend. He's like, (laughs) you know what? You don't want to be my friend? I don't care. No skin off my back. Paley wants the whole room to be friends with her. She wants everyone in that room to like her. And she wants to just have a good time and party on. She doesn't want to have any fighting with anybody. That's her personality. She's literally like that. So you look at her and you're just like, yeah, I don't know why you want to be friends with everybody. That's just too much work. And I'm <laughs> like, like a lot of trouble. Don't let it get to you. I was there. It'll, it'll pass. You'll be, you know, you're going to find your best friend. And she's sitting there like, you guys don't know, you don't understand, but it's just this instinctual thing. And everybody's different, you know, but I do notice with her, she, you know what she has of you. So this dance is this weekend. The school that I didn't even, I was like, there's a dance. She's like, yeah, there's a rumor at school. There's a dance. And I was like, okay, well, is it, is it confirmed? Well, no, not really, but it's a rumor. So I'm actually buying her an outfit for a dance. that's not confirmed. Okay. If anything, I am now I'm a pushover is what I am. But, um, she says, uh, so she asked one boy, he turned her down. So she asked another boy and he says, well, how about we find out if there's actually a dance and then I'll let you know. And she says to me, what kind of answer is that? And I said, well, it's a very factual answer. We don't even know if there's a dance, right? And she's like, well, no big deal. She's like, whatever. I got rejected once. I'll get rejected again. I don't even care. I'll just go with my friend. So that's the other side of her is like, she doesn't want to be unliked and she hates that she's being bullied but she doesn't really care what the boy thinks about her. She's not like, Oh, I'm so heartbroken. He said, no, (laughs) she was like, I said, she, she sends me a text. I got rejected. That's what she sends me. And of course it's her mom. I'm like, (laughs) I said, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. Did he say why? 
And she says, he said he couldn't go. His parents wouldn't let him. And she's like, no worries. She sends me a thumbs up. And I'm like, I have instilled in her how dumb we are at that age enough. (laughs) She finally gets it. Like, we're just, we're idiots at that age. So don't take anything too seriously. We don't know what we're doing. We just say stuff. Well, it's, it's interesting, but the whole back to the social media thing is, you know, girls are really influenced and girls without social media have always been influenced and girls are always seeking approval, you know? And it's like you always said, you know, girls dress up for girls, you Mm -hmm. know, girls want to look good for other women so they can show how good they look. And, you know, that's really true, I guess, in a lot of ways. Um, But Anyways, how the hell did we get on this story? I don't know. That wasn't a part of this podcast at all. <laughs> I, I, you pitched me something completely different Well, as I sit here cutting on this antelope. But hey. All right. So we'll just call this one Deep Thoughts and the run-on podcast. Of, <laughs> deep Thoughts. Yeah. Let's um, record another one and we'll do your antelope hunt. <laughs> Stay tuned. Sure. Yeah um well anything else you want to add to this one? Oh, um well, what are we we're gosh we're in october already yeah hopefully everybody you know it's cool is um i haven't done much social media or anything i've really enjoyed avoiding all of that throughout hunting season but i have been getting a lot of really cool photos and stories from folks that attended the summit last year mm-hmm. and in years past so I get messages um, more this year than I have ever about success stories, guys getting their first bull, their first bear, their first buck. So that's kind of cool. I got a lot of photos from people. I have to start sharing those. Um, yeah, well, the Western Hunting Summit, speaking of that, we are getting ready to. Mm-hmm. If you came last year, we had an epic location, didn't yeah, we? We did. Um. This year, there's some scheduling conflicts. And so we're likely not going to be at that same epic venue. But what's cool about that is we're going to change it up. We're going to go to different venues. And we have a lot of, I mean, we have people that have come every year, yeah. right? We've only, was this our third year? Yep. It was our third year. And we've had people come every year. So we have some dedicated people. And we realize like, it's cool to mix it up because when people come for these things, you know, they want an experience. And I mean, you can basically just cookie cutter it every year and do it at the same place and do it the same way every year. But that, that doesn't mm. excite people who want to come every year. And this year we had so many people say to us, I want to bring my wife. I want to bring my kids. I want to bring my buddy. You know what I mean? So yeah, that says a lot. And I think if we keep having it at really cool locations and um it's just going to keep that that group coming back yeah Um, so we're looking at all kinds of new venues this year yeah um i'm excited to see where it takes us we got a lot of options a lot of different opportunities and And possibly not even just dedicated to the state so yep we're going to have a couple in montana and possibly one or two out of montana Mm -hmm. we're working on that right now but I think the Western hunting summits, I don't know how you felt about them, but they were kind of a really defining moment in our business, I think. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You reminded me, we haven't even talked about them we since haven't. 
since we had them. It was such a big part of our summer and we never have kind of got out of the podcast thing for a while. So we haven't even talked about them as far as how they went, um, what we did and, and um, just the positivity that we got from everybody was pretty cool. So, yeah. We yeah, could. we met some. Um, the one thing I really took out of the Western Hunting Summit was the people that came. I mean, we had people of all different skill levels, you know, but we had a lot of new people. People, because when you come, you'll have to fill out a sheet about, you know, you and what your skill level is and all that. So that just helps us understand who we're talking to. And um, large percentage was brand new hunters. But until we actually had the summits, I don't think I realized like how new some of these people were. Um, but one night we had movie night. I think we, we showed a film or something. It's one of the Saturdays. And I believe it was, uh, it was the last one. Which one did Ishmael come to? it wasn't comp was a combo or archery archery i think it was archery so yeah it was archery. yeah and i think we had a number of young people at archery that came and you know when you think somebody's paying the kind of money and they're coming to montana for four days and they're you would think that they've actually hunted like actually own a weapon and you know they've been doing something i don't know duck hunting or grouse or i don't know and I was really um, taken aback by some of these guys literally had never even been hunting. Mm -hmm. They literally did not even own a weapon. Well, and some of them hadn't been hunting, but they did own, own a weapon. So they, they came with their bow. They didn't know how to expecting really to learn, learn which yeah. we, um, we taught them. Yeah. We were able to put the right instructor in front of them and yeah. get them shooting correctly. So that was good. But one night after the movie, I had um, one of the kids, I call him a kid because he is in his 20s. So forgive me, he's not a kid, he's a man, but I'll call him a kid. Jeez, I call kids guys in their 30s. I, in their 30s, days. I know. Ridiculous. And um, he was like, he came up to me and he says, you know, because Ryan has this mystique at the summit. So if you've been to one, Ryan doesn't really talk a whole lot. Like he'll get up and do his talk. And so he'll get up and do Q&A. And he, but he's always lurking around. He's like that, that guy in the dark. He's like the, the guy with the long hair lurking oh, around. Lurking you around. never quite know if he's safe to talk to or not. I bring the best of speakers so that they don't have to listen right. to me. But our surveys, everybody's like, more Ryan, more Ryan, more Ryan. But Ryan's like, no, no. But he kind of lurks around. He's always there. Um, but he has a little bit of an intimidating style to him because of his quietness and some people feel a little maybe intimidated to go up to Ryan and tell Ryan their most emotional experience. Now me, nobody has problems doing that. So people come up to me. And so this, this one of the kids came up and he said, uh, Hey, so I, I really like to tell Ryan this, but I know Ryan doesn't really like to talk very much. So I really don't want to bother him. And I was like, <laughs> like Ryan's some uh, God that sits on a throne that nobody can talk to unless they have the like direct line. So I'm like, well, you can tell me and I'll tell Ryan, I'll be his message person. And he says, but I just want you to know that I've never been hunting in my life. He was the last guy to buy a ticket. He mm. bought our last ticket to sell that one out. 
And he said, I've never been hunting. And I want you to know that this has absolutely changed my life. I will never forget this. This, this weekend has completely changed my life. <laughs> and I said, you know, you should tell Ryan that. Because the whole point of us doing this is for people like you, right? That are coming in, that are new, that don't have the mentorship, don't have the parents that haunt, you know what I mean? Like don't have these skills to share. And Ryan would really love to hear that from you because that's, you know, that's the whole point of this, right? And if, you, if Ryan's really changed your life that much, then you should tell him. He's not that scary. You can go talk to him. <laughs> But those and, are the and things. He did. And he did. No, he did. And I mean, it's just like, those were the things, like the moments that I took away or, you know, um, the Saturday night event at the combo where we had Dave singing and everybody was there having a great time. You know, we watched a film and then Dave was doing live music. And then Joe from Joe and Emily proposed to Emily at the summit. And we announced it up there and it was like, everybody was clapping and cheering and it was just like a big family party. And it was so cool. So I think that we did it right this year by making this all inclusive. We were super hesitant. Like, what is this gonna, what's gonna happen? And there's so many little intricacies that had to happen. And I mean, we got to shout out all the people that worked for us. I mean, Amy, uh, Mark from Preline Pursuits, uh, his wife came. Yeah. I, I literally, I, I would, I don't know what I was thinking that I was going to handle the food situation. Like I was just going to stroll through Costco and buy some things and feed 70 people, four meals, three meals a day, four days in a row. And we did the first summit. Well, I think we crushed it with food. We crushed it. But because... you know, that first summit, we luckily only had 20 some people because it yeah. was our the rifle. It was the smallest one. And it was a great introduction to, oh my God, I am so in trouble with the food situation. And Amy was like, all right, spreadsheets, shopping lists. She made out the shopping list. She made out the spreadsheet. She figured out how many people, how much, how many pounds of meat per person people eat. And for the second summit, you know, you guys went yeah, to Costco. We got we to gotta kind of test the meals and the, the amounts of meat and everything that we had to have. Yeah. And we were like, we're going to make crepes every morning on a crepe machine. And we did that one morning we made crepes and Amy was like, yeah, crepes are not, this is going to take you hours to make 50 crepes, right? Like you got to get real here. Um, but we had friends come from other States. Hannah and Hans came. We had Amy come Corey. We got to get Corey on a podcast. Yeah. Corey Tinglestad. Mm -hmm. Is that his last name? <laughs> kind of reminds us it's like an elf name or something. Like he works for Santa Claus or something. But um, he came and he was our. He crushed it. He is a backcountry medical guy. Mm -hmm. And the very first, the first two years of the summits, we got a lot of feedback. And one was they wanted like medical. some kind of skill for first aid or, yep. you know, whatever. And so Corey actually contacted us through an email and he came out, he did all three summits. He committed, he is an ER doctor. This guy is a real doctor, folks. He's an ER doctor. If you get a broadhead through your leg or you get a run over by a truck, you're going to go in in Oregon, wherever, where does he live? Somewhere Eastern Oregon. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he works in Idaho too, I think at a hospital. You're going to see Corey. So he's the guy we want on there. And he came and his wife came for the second two. Well, Amy had to end up leaving and his wife ends up taking over Amy's spot and she kills it for the food. And she saved me as well. Um, and so we developed, we built and Joe and Emily came out. Like I said, we built a really great team of support. We had Brinker come for all three. Yep. That guy flew in to Bozeman two or three times to come sing at our summits. Um, we're just really blessed. And I think that's what I pulled out of it is like, you know, if, if COVID's taught us anything, like being isolated from people and others and community is really bad for your health. Personally, that's what I think. Um, I mean, you might not think that because <laughs> well, this is how good it was. Like two months in the mountains mm -hmm. by yourself. You every you were actually home for a week, and then you were like, "I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go," and then you got you left for another week. So you don't really care about people being around them. I think but, I've already got about fifty days in by myself up there. It's ridiculous. But that's you. But the Most events need like, even for support. someone like me. I really enjoy the summits, just the people that are there. Yeah, and. Um, why people are there the reasons they're there um that's just a fun time great conversations and like-minded people and long-lasting friendships with with just some of the best of the best people mm -hmm. in this community so mm -hmm. let alone you know some of the speakers that people know about that are coming to speak at these events but the attendees that show up are fantastic fantastic humans i mean we have attendees that you know they could get up there and speak i mean there's mm -hmm. people that you know we had david on here a couple podcasts ago um talking about the afghani situation and the families that we help to support and all of you out there who have raised literally we raised over thirty thousand dollars and i should do an update on that that's a mess right now the government does not know what they're doing folks the government is a mess are we back on the government uh Anyways, we'll have a follow-up on that. And maybe we'll do one with David and find out what's going on with that. Because I know a lot of you out there donated money and it's important to know where it's going. Um, but like David, we met David there. Um, you know, we, we every single person that we met has been instrumental in us wanting to grow this and keep doing it, you know? Um, and so for me, it was just, it was really, um, it was great. Yeah. I'm glad we decided to do it, even though it is, I literally, <laughs> for like, it took me like a month, I think, to get back to normal. We were exhausted. It was a lot, but it's when you're around people and that energy like that, it's, it's actually energizing, you know, when you're in it. Um, but anyways, so. Yeah. So we're going to have, um, multiple events again this mm -hmm. next summer similar time frame june possibly some in july as well but yeah look for that we'll be um getting those signups up yeah. hopefully within the month the month and a half or so something like that yeah it all depends on yeah <laughs> again all the little things that have to happen to get these things going but um watch out for that okay so We'll be back. We're going to do another podcast. We'll do it on Ryan's antelope hunt. And there but, will be no talk of government, I know. conspiracies, politics, 
are the ways of the wacky world right Can now. Can you believe it's me talking about I this? I know, like, it's crazy. You act like you're all like, we don't talk know. about politics. People, all Ryan talks about is politics when this thing well, is not on. Not really politics. It's more of just wackiness that I see going on right now. But you've always talked about politics more than I, I have. have. Yes. Yeah, you sure. always have. And now so. I'm trying to keep you from it a little bit. Well, I've actually but stopped. I, I've actually slowly stopped pretty, listening to stuff because it does make me a little bit <laughs> like it's crazy. worse than watching the mainstream media. Like I just try to get my fill a little bit here and there, and then yeah, I you gotta yeah. you gotta like put it aside and forget yeah. about that stuff, or you'll just go crazy. So this new book, before we go, that I'm gonna actually be reading. You know what everybody needs though more what? of what McManus. If more people just read Patrick McManus, <laughs> that would be a great place. Oh, yes. I'm sure all the people listening to this probably have read McManus. <laughs> Remember I we were would, talking I'll of, bet that a lot of people have here. no idea who McManus is. Yeah. I remember I even had teachers in my elementary school read. One of them was uh, his first deer. They would read that story in class. That's what an icon Patrick McManus was back then. In school? Yeah, yeah. In public school. In Snohomish? One of, my, one of my teachers read, yeah, my first year in Patrick McManus. Classic. Hmm. National treasure. Even, it's funny, my mom's best friend, a gal my mom grew up with, her favorite, I mean, she cannot stop laughing when she talks about McManus and, um, talks about his stories absolutely loves them hmm. so. well they're they're resurfacing <laughs> they after are. I pulled 40 out all the years of being in that box <clears throat> that you've had them in they're resurfacing now for our 12 year old yeah i got a kick out of um a few years ago uh most people know who south cox is he had a podcast going for a while and out of nowhere he started reading a story of patrick mcmanus on occasion so um, and South, he's just a, a great person. Um, you know, wears as much as honestly, you just know what he's thinking. He's a great guy. And, and he's reading these McManus stories and he's having a hard time not laughing. Like he gets the giggles and he can't even stop laughing. He's reading these stories just as a podcast is pretty clever. But, um, well, maybe you should do that, honey. Read some McManus <laughs> stories. No, go back and listen to those South Cox, Cox episodes. Yeah. They're great. But. Well, I'm reading this new book. I haven't read it all yet, but I listened to this guy, Mark McLaughlin, MD, on a podcast. I forget what podcast it was, but he's a neurosurgeon. And he wrote a book called Cognitive Dominance, A Brain Surgeon's Quest to Outthink Fear. And I was attracted to it because when I heard him talk, he was talking about like the whole process of fear because his job as a neurosurgeon, he like removes tumors from people's brains and stuff, you know, where like one little wrong move is a make it or break it situation in a person's life, you know, and uh, how he talks in the beginning about his fear of like, you know, being a great brain surgeon and the accolades that come with it, but the constant kind of fear that you live under, right. Of that Makes pressure. Sense. Yeah. And um, so I'm reading this book right now and I think it might be a good book for like a book club thing. Maybe I'll do a book club. I'll have gritty. Let me do a book club thing. I think gritty would be into this book too. Um, I actually ordered two accidentally, so I don't know. Maybe we'll do a giveaway, but if you've read this book, let me know what you think, Cognitive Dominance, but that's that's the new one I'm reading this week. Um, 
but yeah, I, my routine has changed up. I quit looking at the social media at night. I quit looking. I don't really like TV at all. I just started reading books before bed. I sleep better, have less stress. And, uh, um, I think it's good right now. Like kill your TV, basically the motto right now, because your TV is killing you. <laughs> All right, everybody in the Hunt Harvest Health world, we'll be back with Ryan's antelope story. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah.